Well, the uh, CarCast has taken a... We have new technological advancements. I feel like we're going to oversell this on already. The, on the CarCast. Um, Ooh, individual microphones. Individual microphones. We have no idea, by the way, if this will sound better. I'm hoping it will. I it really can't be it worse than the built-in recorder no, mic. It can't be. That you were using. And by the way, in probably the most important thing above sound quality... Safety. It yes. frees up your second hand, which you always have been holding this. That has to be both a relief for you and for me, for my own personal safety. Yeah, and now I can just rest my right hand on my leg instead of holding. <laughs> instead of why holding the wheel? Why would I hold the wheel? Okay. I mean, that's See, right now I have my hands on ten. First time ever for I have Sean my hands at ten and two. Hands at ten and two right now. I will. You know what? I said I would do this earlier, so I will do it. I will follow through. I have to give Sean a little bit of credit for as dastardly of a uh, automotive pilot as he may be, he was not nearly the worst driver we saw on the highway coming to the arena this afternoon. We saw a guy driving an infinity wagon take spaces I didn't know were even there and just weave like some kind of, uh, I'm going to go with douche nozzle. Douche nozzle. And yeah, just, just when you thought... You couldn't see a worse driver. Somebody comes along and totally sets a new bar. So you are not the worst driver at DFW. Does that make you feel any better? I, I think I did a fantastic job today. We left with the ways telling us we would get there at 5.15. I got us there at 5.05. You, get, you shaved 10 minutes off the time. That's always a win when we play the, beat the GPS. I, 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 I entered today's game plus 10. Which you can't say that about everybody that played tonight's game. No, you can't. Um, Stars, by the way, won in a shootout. The uh, beat the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions, Pittsburgh Penguins. They uh, Tyler Sagan scored the only goal in the shootout, but it made a big win for the Stars tonight. Not only for who they beat um, in, in a team that's won back-to-back Stanley Cups, but first time this season the Stars win a game when they've been trailing heading into the second period. It was a long day. They didn't get back from Chicago until around 3.30 a.m. this morning. Um, this was a big... Hitch, Hitch said after the game that this was a game where he was going to learn something about his team tonight. And I think he learned some good things. Well, it's a character win for a couple of reasons. You mentioned the coming from behind and trailing into the... Going into the... Excuse me, into the third period, which they hadn't done yet this year. Won the game with down a goal or more going into the final frame. But more, I think the energy, the fact that they, not not just that they played yesterday in Chicago and won and had to play again while well, Pittsburgh was sitting here rested, but was they were delayed a couple hours because of the snowstorm in Chicago, so they didn't get back when they thought they would have. What was what? 1, 1.30 would be the normal typically, arrival time, maybe yeah. 2 a.m. Yeah. Instead, it was 4 a.m. Yep. And so that cuts into sleep time. They didn't skate today, and they went out and really hung in down to nothing it could have gotten out of hand I mean Chicago or not Chicago Pittsburgh was playing well and they could have had more especially after that shorthanded goal that could have really been a deflating yes, factor yes, that really could have been a big and because that was you're on a four on three power play which is a great chance to score mm-hmm. they score a shorthanded goal to take a two goal lead could have really especially with a tired team that could have been it yeah and it wasn't on top of all of that, Dallas is traveling. Pittsburgh hadn't played in three days. Pittsburgh got to Dallas yesterday comfortably around 2 o'clock. Um, it was, I mean, this was a game that, this was a, 
no loss is acceptable, but this was the type of game if they lost, it would be... There were some built-in excuses. Yes, exactly. Um, and it was, you can uh, see the Sarge missed Martin Hansel, who was injured in the game against Chicago. Uh, Ulysses Hawk injured in the game against Chicago as well. Um, we don't know what status they'll be for Sunday. Uh, it didn't sound... Hansel didn't sound really promising for the Vancouver game. It did not sound Based on what we heard from Hitch this morning. It did, this not, it did not sound encouraging from Hitch on Hansel. Uh, he didn't really elaborate much on Honka, so we don't really have much of an idea on Honka. Just that it wasn't a <coughs> scheduled scratch. It was a injury. Couldn't yes. play because they were hurt. Yes. Um, well, and, and then tonight, it was... You have Jason Dickinson comes in, doesn't play very much. Um, had a great look in the first period and fired out. You know, Stars had three or four really good uh, scoring chances where they blazed their wrist shots over the net. And Bruce suggested during three the Three or four? Maybe like a dozen. Okay. <laughs> like, Jamie Benn had a couple, Sagan had a couple, Dickinson yeah. had one. that, But they were shooting high, and, and Bruce postulated that they might have had that that maybe that was the scouting report on Murray was shoot upstairs on him. Maybe, but they had the same problem against New York too. Gotta hit the net. Sailing shots high against New York. The other day. When they won that game two to one. So they won this game. Um Yeah. Um but there's a couple things I wanted to just from this game, there's there's two things that really stood out for me. Obviously, one, the Stars battled back. And for for number two, um, we always talk about how good the Foxa, Roussel, Pitlick line looks and everything like that because we see them forechecking and we see them having pressure. To see how much they, how limited Sidney Crosby was tonight, I thought that was just a huge statement for him. And Pitch even talked about it after the game. Foxa shut down Sidney Crosby tonight. Yes. Um, there was a couple moments that... Not entirely. Not entirely. But he kept him off the score sheet. Yes, not entirely, but... Boy, I'll tell you what, though. You can see it, and it, it's these subtle things. Crosby is so strong, right? He's not that big of a guy as far as height, but he's very, very solid on his skates. He doesn't get moved off the puck. He kept offensive zone cycles and possessions going multiple times because he won those battles. And what it, what's really amazing is when you watch him live, is his ability to hang on to that protect the puck with one hand on the stick mm-hmm. and and have control and make a play with that. I mean, he's just so strong and yes. so quick. But, yes, that line was very good. And you have to give uh, Hamus a pattern credit, too, because that's really part of a five-man shutdown unit. It's the Fox line with those two as defense. Yes, they were very good. And then, and then Kari Lightning tonight, who... Um, but here's the thing. Fox, uh, you say he shut down Crosby. He didn't play against Crosby all night. No, he also played against he played, Malkin. They put Fox, Roussel, and Pitlick out against the Malkin, Haglin, and Kessel line. Yes. And it was Sagan, Ben, and Radulov head-to-head against the Crosby, uh, along with Rust and... Who am I missing? Gensel. Gensel, yeah. So it was really Sagan against Crosby a lot. Now, yeah. of course, Fox was out there against him a little bit, but yeah. it, they had Fox... They shut down... The Malkin and Kessel line, which Malkin has a five-game goal streak coming in tonight with nine goals in his last five games. Almost a third of his 30 this year, which is pretty good. Mm-hmm. That right? is pretty good. Kessel is on a 
six-game point streak. They shut him down. He had some good looks, but still, I thought that that line, the Fox line against Malkin's line all night long, was excellent. Very. It was. It was. It was impressive. Um, and then the other the top guy who at the end made the key save at the end of the game. Um, Kari Lettinen gets the win tonight. His his fifth straight win. So we talked to Kari on our post game show on the radio, and I congratulated him on not just the win, but late in our, our interview with him, his save on Malkin in the third period that well, one timer. Yeah. And I told him, usually when you watch a super slow mo, you get to see really the intricacies of a play. And I said that slow motion replay didn't do it justice because it made it look like he tracked it the whole way, which he did, and got his glove in position and made the save. But live speed, the, the quickness that he had to, to throw himself from right to left, track it, catch it as he was doing a split, yeah. was remarkable. And Kari goes, oh, well, you know, it would have been a little easier, but it took a deflection off our guy, and I had to readjust it very quickly. I didn't even see the, the redirect. It was that fast. It's a very slight redeflection, but it did, it, it did actually redirect. Um, Heck of a save. Very great save. And the thing I liked most about, so there's two things, and so yes, Pittsburgh scored the late goal to tie it to 3-3, but there's a couple things about Lettinen's game tonight that I really liked. One was... I was a little worried early, to be honest with you. I, uh, but just yes, to, yes, to, yes. To, to jump in, I didn't like the Riley Shan goal that much. Yes, it's a two-on-one, and he went one-on-one, -on -one, but they took the pass away. I would have loved to see him come up with a save there and sweep through the five-hole fine. Yeah. Um, I thought there were a couple of early... He made some good saves on the early power play chances for Pittsburgh, which, by the way, their power play is top in the league for a reason. It's so dangerous. But I did think that there were a couple of times where he was kicking out rebounds, and, he, and remember early in the second period, yeah. Riddell and Sagan both had to bail him out where he kind of threw himself out of the well, crease, and he gets swimming a little. Yeah, I, well, after I, that, he let, was let, really let me good. rephrase this. There's two things I really like about Lettinen's game from the start of the third period on, even with even with the game tying goal allowed. Earlier, yes. early on in the game, there's a couple. Even, even his stick handling in the first two periods is a bit kind of wonky a little bit to me. Um, Did you think that the, just on again on the side note, the puck was bouncing all over the place all night? The, like, it just looked like the, it wouldn't for both, settle. For both, oh, right, for both right. It wasn't teams, just yeah. on the start. Yeah. But it just felt like that thing was all over the place. There was a concert in the AAC last night. It didn't seem like it was a real smooth surface. Yeah, no. Um, but to get to my point, Lettinen, there's two things I really liked about his game from the third period on. Um, late in the game, so he made the save on Malcolm, but he made a couple other good saves where he was just composed under traffic, where he wasn't, after he did have a little some scrambling moments earlier, he was just composed where he made the save, didn't do the overreaction and kick the puck out or anything like that. He did that in the third period. And then something that I really liked, um, yes, um, Malcolm missed the net, Crosby hit the crossbar, but... I don't know if he brought this up on the post-game show or not with you or not, but he, we talked to him after the game, and he intentionally was more aggressive. Um, he he, he kind of he he stayed out he stayed out further from his crease intentionally on the shootout, thinking yes, back he to the Haglund, talk about this. Yeah, thinking back to the goal by Haglin where he got beat on the shot, and Kari basically he was anticipating yeah. shooting instead yeah. of deking because yeah. he told us the other part he said was I. They know, or they, I think they know that I'm pretty good on the deeks. Like, that's, I'm better at that than the shot. Mm -hmm. So, I anticipated shots, so I played as if they were going to shoot. And they all, all three of them did. 
Yeah. Although Crosby was unbelievable. Yep. He did about, what, seven or eight stick moves, and then his release was incredibly fast. He had Kari beat, but Kari said, he goes, Crosby always, uh, I always have to worry about the five hole with him, mm -hmm. and so I tried to make sure to get down and get that, and it really forced him into a, a tough angle shot. Yeah. So I, I was impressed with that, where he made the... He made that mental adjustment. Curry's always been a smart goalie. I've He's a cerebral yeah, guy. Yeah, I've always enjoyed having conversations with him about things like this. So it was interesting to see his approach to that, where he knew what got what burned him on the Haglund goal back in the um, the shorthand yes. goal. He knew what well, burned him. Well, that was just a yeah. great shot. Oh, it was and a great was, shot. I mean, yes, again, there are times, and I, I have been critical of Kari at times for being six foot four, he doesn't play like six foot four all the time. Sometimes he loads up and gets so low to be able to fling himself across on a side to side play that he takes away his ability to use his height and cover more of the upper part of the net. Yeah. But that again, look, I'm being hypercritical, but that's what you do when you're in the NHL. True. So stars win, get up to uh, seventy points now. They're actually within three points of first in the division. Um, now, which is crazy. Which is crazy. Now, Nashville has three games in hand uh, right. at the top of the division. And they're also a point of, even, even with uh, St. Louis winning tonight, they're within a, still within a point of uh, St. Louis for third place in the division. Um, the other thing that was big is, and obviously still lots of time left, lots of time for things to play out, but Stars now at 70 points, Minnesota's at 64. You're, they're starting to get a cushion a little bit. Obviously, if you lose a couple in a row or something like that, they're starting to get a little bit of a cushion above those other teams that are below the playoff cut. They're starting to be, they're starting to kind of get in a spot where if you look at the standings, you start to look at them and say, okay, they are a playoff team. That's the, the only thing that's changed because yeah. they, they've gone on this insane run of almost 750 hockey. Yeah. And they haven't changed out of the fourth place position in the Central because the rest of the top three have kept winning at a high rate. And even Minnesota, who uh, blew a 3 nothing lead against the Arizona Coyotes last night, they still have points in like eight or nine of the last ten. But it's it, it's got to feel good to at least kind of see you're working rewarded a little bit where you're looking at it as as far as being a playoff team yes there is almost now you can't you can't get complacent in any in any sense but right there's a little bit of a cushion now that you are that your work's paying off i think that the real the really encouraging thing is if, if the stars play like they've done right now for the rest of the regular season it really looks like playoff hockey is in their future if they have a drop-off, then they, it's going to be harder because of the pack is right there. But if they can play the way they've played, which is pretty low risk as far as they've been really solid defensively, they haven't given up too many odd-man rushes, their goaltending is top five in the league together as a group, and they have one of the, if not the best, first line out there. I tell you, there are a couple of other teams like Boston, who has an incredible offensive line with Bergeron and Marchand, and you have that incredible balance of the Pittsburgh Penguins right now with Malkin, Crosby, and, and Kessel. And you can argue a bunch. I mean, there's a lot of good teams out there. Washington's got a great top line, but I'd put Sagan, Ben, and Radulov against most lines most nights. Yeah. So that's 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 a really good thing to see. Yeah, very good. Uh, and then the other quick thing from tonight's game, then we can hop into listener questions. The Q&A. Um, the the lightning round. The other thing is... John Klingberg has scored tonight. He's got uh, 50, I think it was 52nd point of the season. Seventh um, goal, which puts seventh. him back in a tie with Stephen Johns for the yep. team lead. 
Stars, I mean, Stars defensemen have been more willing, not more willing, I guess, yeah, it's more willing, more willing to shoot the puck lately, and it's been paying off. Ambu scores tonight, Johns has been firing lately. Have you noticed that it comes, it's just like on the power play, it's not just a defenseman skating in the zone and ripping one, yeah. it's off of retrievals, because every team defends the, the house, you know, drops even their forwards, because typically, the wingers in the defensive zone are supposed to cover the point men, which are the two defensemen. And then the center goes against the center and the two other forwards down low with the two defensemen. And that's sort of the general defensive zone coverage that most teams employ. But in the last couple of years, everybody's been dropping their wings into the high slot or even lower to put five guys around the net to make it even harder to get shots through. And so the only space, if you go to get a retrieval on the cycle, is to throw it back to the blue line. And so your point men have to get involved to create any kind of openings. And that's where it's, it's all on that. You go get a loose puck, fight, win a battle, back to the point, boom, a couple of one-timers, and they go in. Yeah. And but two different ones, too. Klingberg with a quick one-timer snapshot, yeah. catching Murray through the, the, the pads. And then Hamus with just a cannon of a slap shot. Yep. That beats Murray with no without a stick. You're a goalie, Sean, so this is kind of interesting. You would think that Murray not having a stick would give him a little extra dexterity with the blocker, but my thought was you're so used to having the stick in your hand, so you have a certain uh, weight and balance that you attack a puck with your blocker with, and not having that had to make it feel weird to throw off that balance. It does. It, it's gonna and it, it does. It's gonna sound a bit weird, but you. There's a, there's a normalcy, and there's a, I would act as a goalie, now there's the extreme cases, and it's actually happened in Columbus a couple oh, of times. Oh, Bobrovsky. And both Bobrovsky and uh, Corpusalo actually did it against Sagan. He uh, did. Um, the Bobrovsky one was better. Yeah, but we're both, it's happened each time, and this is actually something that Columbus, I remember reading a story about this, where the uh, Columbus goalie coaches actually taught this, um, where Columbus, the goalies have dropped the stick to get better reach with the blocker. Right. But that's at the moment of save impact. That's where the dropping the stick for that last reach. Um, as a goalie, I was actually surprised in that entire stretch where none of the none of Murray's defensemen actually gave their stick to Murray. Um, that's, yeah, that's a very common thing is for yeah. a, a forward to hand his stick back to a defenseman who loses it, a defenseman to go back to the goalie, just a, a sort of cascade effect. And like I, I was actually well, and, and people forget how many saves goalies make with their sticks. Yeah, a lot. And even even if you have a, even if you're using a regular player stick, it's still better. It's still it's still something as opposed to nothing, and it actually helps because it helps close the five hole. And, and also to give the balance in your hand. Yes. So even if the weight's different. So that's actually that's I was actually even with it being a high blocker shot when he doesn't have the stick, it's right. a very difficult save for Murray to make and stars capitalized. They did indeed. Are you ready for the uh, carcass lightning round? Let's hop into those questions. Alright, here we go. Rockstar, our fan, says honest, not biased, who me, winky face. Alexiak feedback. It's okay, I can take it. What do you think of the big rig in his return to Dallas? Um, well, do you know what I think? What do you think? He looked like Jamie Alexiak that we remember. He had some good, he had some bad, and the one thing I did notice 
and I'm sure that they're trying to, to curtail it, is that he wasn't jumping into the offensive zone as much. Not nearly as much. Yes, no. he seemed to be much more conservative in terms of his rushes, because with the Stars, he would foray behind the offensive net frequently. Yes. Because he has the puck handling and skating ability for a six foot seven guy to get in and, and do that, but then frequently he would try to get, he would get low and then center it and then get caught and not be able to get back because he was behind the offensive net. But again, he did some good things. He got he was scored on. Did some bad things. It, it was it was it was exactly what I remember from seeing Jamie Alexiak for the last six years. Exactly. I mean, I, I have yet to see in person the Jamie Alexiak that um... I've seen it, but it's not frequently. It's a, it's inconsistent. I've seen Jamie Alexiak take over a game. Specifically in the AHL, which well, I know is I, different. I, I'm, I'm talking about but the if, NHL. in the NHL. I don't know if he's gotten to that level. There was I talked to Jamie about this uh, early this year. There were a couple of games when the Stars were playing. The Texas Stars were playing in Cleveland against the at the time they were called the Lake Erie Monsters. They're now the Cleveland Monsters, and he was the best player on the ice on a back to back and absolutely dominated those two games. And they got called up to Dallas shortly thereafter. I have yet to see him have that kind of an impact. Now, you remember that great goal last year in St. Louis where he mm -hmm. dangled through the whole team and scored. It was at a highlight goal goal. We just haven't seen him. And he doesn't have to do that every night. I haven't seen him impose himself. And it's it's maybe not fair to compare him to Zdeno Chara, who's six foot nine and different style of player. But Chara is a force. He's, what, almost 40? Or is he 40 now? I think he'll be 40 before the end of the season. Right. I think he's still 39. But he still makes an impact. He's not as fast as he used to be. He's not quite as quick. He still has an absolute cannon of a shot. He's physical. He makes players make adjustments because of him, his play on the ice. And so then you go, you're six foot seven. You're gigantic. You can skate. You can make plays. We need you to, to be able to impose yourself. And he just—he just hasn't. I mean, so he was. There was good moments. There were bad moments. But there wasn't anything. There was no moment where I'm watching the game tonight and I'm seeing that. Oh, this is the Jamie Alexiak. That uh, this is this is the Jamie Alex. They, the Stars made a mistake by trading Jamie Alexiak away. Marco Aurelio asks. Cari He's in Brazil. What's that? He's in Brazil. He is. That is a Brazilian name too. Um, well. It's a Portuguese derivation of a Roman Latin name, which, again, all those languages are Latin-based. Anyway, Kari okay. uh, has been phenomenal since late November. Do you think this duo with Bishop gets prolonged another season, maybe two, until Landon Bow is ready? We've talked about this before. Mm -hmm. It's the transformation of Kari Lightning, because at the beginning of the season, he struggled a bit, and you were just thinking, his contract's up at the end of the year. They're going to go find somebody that can play as a backup. They can pay... A third or less of the Kari money, which is 5.9 on the cap this year, mm -hmm. and move on. I still think they're going to look for a third or less of the money, but I, we talked about this before. I think Kari signs a, a two-year deal if he's comfortable, unless he says, you know what, look at what I've done. I can still be a starter. Then he's going to have to go somewhere else. Yeah, I think he's back. That's my, that's what my gut says on it. I wouldn't be surprised if he signed a multi-year lower money deal, don't you? Yeah, I think... Two uh, years, four million dollars, two years, three million, something like that? Yeah, somewhere in that range. The one and a half to two million cap hit, which would save them nearly four million on the cap yeah. next year. 
Yeah, I think he'll be back next year. I mean, maybe maybe it's one year. Maybe, maybe it's a one year because the stars look at Landon Bow and say, hi, Landon Bow will be ready in two or, years. Or how about this? Kari will give you a one year, and then we'll see where we're at, see where Landon Bow gets to next year, and then we'll decide if there's going to be a battle for it or if you're going to come back. And it may be because of his longevity. They might give him two just because clearly he can be the backup. And if he's if the money's good, right? And maybe he doesn't want to take that big of a pay cut. But if you give him a decent amount over two years, he says, "Well, there's a little security as I get into my middle 30s." Because I don't know anywhere else. Maybe unless he somebody's really desperate for a goalie, if they're going to give him that kind of term. Uh, maybe we'll see. The only way he'd get a starting, frankly, I think the point. I think the only point he'd get a starting job in the NHL next year would be is if somebody had a. Um, now this would take incredible risk on his part if, if he signed with a team and then somebody had a big injury. Right, like or if he signed with a team that doesn't have a, a, a really good goalie situation, say, hey, I'm willing to battle for the starting job, maybe a split. Um, you can think of a team like Buffalo that Robin Leonard's yeah. their guy, but he hasn't been great and the team hasn't been great. Does he want to go to a situation like that? What if Roberto Luongo's health isn't there? Do you want to yeah. go battle with James Reimer and uh, Hari Sateri? Um, I guess we'll see. Uh, next question, Court writes in, do the Stars ha just have Crosby's number? Seems like he gets held off the score sheet a lot against Dallas. Well, the Star, the um, the Penguins haven't won in Dallas since February 29th, 2012. It's a while. Um, so it's the, the Penguins don't do well in, in Dallas. Uh, Part of it, Sean, I think is that in the past few years, He's, Crosby's had to go up head-to-head -head with Cody Eakin, who is a very good shutdown center. And he didn't have to do Fox this year, but the Stars are, have a healthy respect, as many teams do, for Sidney Crosby. And they game plan to see, okay, how do we give him a tough time? He's still a, an impact, but maybe make somebody else go against our second or third best defensive forward group. Mm -hmm. Well, and uh, You know what the other thing is? And I, I hope I'm not blowing too much smoke here, but Tyler Sagan is a transformed two-way centerman now compared yes, to last year. If you said Sagan versus Crosby head-to-head -head last year versus this year, I think you get a different result. Completely. No, you, you do. And um, I think that if you're going head-to-head, one-to-one, who's the better player in what line, okay, of, that, say, of those six players on the ice... Of those six players on the ice when the Stars went strength on strength like they did tonight, Crosby may be the best player on the ice, but the Stars had three of the best four players. Right. Um, I mean, look, there was a... a lot, you know who else... I, we talked a lot about this in our three Stars discussions that Mike Heike selected tonight. It could easily have been any of the Ben Sagan-Radulov trio you know, Sagan had not only the, the first goal, which was a great pass by Jamie Benton, it could have, he also had that big block on Gensel defensively. He won a lot of his face-offs. He scored the only goal in the shootout. I'm not inclined, typically, to give bonus points for shootout performances, although it obviously did win him the game tonight. Um, it's not the, I feel like the shootout winner is not as highly valued as the is statistically as the game-winning goal. No. But... It was still the only puck that went in in six attempts from both teams combined. So there's that. Um, Greg Pattern had a heck of a night. He was good tonight. He, he had was really good tonight. Six shots on goal, eight attempts, 
a game high seven blocks. He had an assist. What more do you want from him? He was good tonight. Yeah, he was really good tonight. Uh, Hamu set a nice goal. He played really well defensively with that Foxy unit on the Malkin line. Uh, Phil Kessel didn't have any points tonight for the first time in seven games, but he did a lot of great things. I mean, Hitch made a point to say you think of Kessel as a shooter, but he was all he said he was he's a player. Well, Kessel's a better player than he gets credit for. I mean, it's just, it's, but Phil Kessel's always been... He's a gamer who people look at and say he doesn't look like a in-shape hockey player. Who just, oh, he's got some great skills, but boy, if you would only put the work in. I just think he's a he's a good player. Yeah. It was funny, because we were... Uh, the, the Boston Bruins... Now, again, there's a whole cascade of things here, but they had Kessel, they had Blake Wheeler. They let them both go. They had Tyler Sagan. We could we could have an entire. Oh my god, that's a rabbit hole. That's isn't a it? rabbit hole. I don't want to right. go down. Um, Florian writes in, "What would be the best playoff matchup for the Stars?" Hmm. And I, I'm guessing he's saying first round, probably. I would, yeah, let's let's yeah, let's modify. Because I don't know what. I mean, there's a lot of variables for the second round. I, I quick caveat would like to say I still don't like how they have switched to division playoffs yeah. because again. It doesn't give. It doesn't reward the best regular season performances because look at the Central. Look, the Vegas Golden Knights might win the Western Conference. They've been very good. They're also feasting on some subpar Pacific teams as well, but they've been really good. Take nothing away from what they've done this year. I, I actually. But you're going to see. You may see the what should be the conference final matchup as the second round, like you did a couple years ago. Highly possible. I don't like that. I agree. I would like reseeding after the first round. It's just more fun that way because you get the the higher seed gets the benefit of that. But okay, stars as a wild card shot could very well, depending on how the top seeds. Let's assume that let's uh, let's not assume. Let's let's make the speculation that there's a chance that they could very well be the thir- the three seed. Mm-hmm. Could catch two. I mean, the way they're playing right now, they could keep going. Um, could they be? Could they be the? Lower seed of a, a head-to-head with Winnipeg. That's I mean, not a matchup you like. I don't like that. Winnipeg's really good at home. They lost to, to St. Louis home tonight, but that's a tough, tough matchup. Stars haven't done well against Winnipeg this no. year. Could they be the four seed and face Nashville, assuming Nashville's the winning seed? Uh, yes. Would that be a tough one? Yes, it would. It would Nashville's a terrible place to play. Would it be better to cross over and play the Vegas Golden Knights and then try to go through the Central or through the Pacific? I mean, that's what I think. Here's the thing. Bruce thinks so because he said Vegas is not a oh, I playoff. Gotta, i got to rethink that now. I know. You don't want to agree with Bruce ever, right? Yes. Uh, but he, he's right. A lot of the guys on the Vegas Golden Knights don't have the kind of playoff experience as a team that Nashville does, St. Louis does, etc. But yeah. Marc-Andre Fleury certainly does, and that's an X factor. How many players on Vegas have won a Stanley Cup? Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury. That's it, right? I believe so. I mean, James Neal went to the Stanley Cup final with Nashville last year, so he knows just about that's still how to get there. That's still more Stanley Cups than the Stars have on their roster. Yes, Stars have one Stanley Cup on their roster. Tyler Sagan. So it's not like the Stars have. It's not like no, the Stars, but they do have the experience of yes. the playoffs from two Mark years Mathot's ago. Got, Mark Mathot's Mark gone to the Stanley Cup final. Jason Spezza in his career has been to a Stanley Cup final. Um, Hamus has been to a final. Yep. Um, but yes. Um, I'm not worried about the Stars' experience and leadership. The more the question is, the better team you face. Look, 
It's not going to be easy. No. Whoever you face, the thing is you want to get in and then see what you have. But I do think that one of the reasons why getting to the Pacific instead of the Central would be beneficial is that, I mean, look, you might have to go through Vegas and Los Angeles. Anaheim's always tough. So is San Jose. But would it be harder to go through Nashville and or Winnipeg and St. Louis? Well, and I and I think I think that could be really tricky. I think it's a me. I think that whoever comes out of the Pacific, and it's the type of thing where. Whoever comes out of the Pacific, whether it's the wildcard team or an actual Pacific Division team, has the benefit, I think, of playing a team that has just been beaten up so much. Right. Because yep. I think, I think. Well, that's what we thought games. about San Jose a couple years ago when the Stars lost to St. Louis yeah. in the second round of seven games. Was it was two really tough series, right? Chicago first, then the Stars, then they the Sharks outplayed them, yeah, outskated them. I, I just think the last Central, year Nashville went through the Pacific. I think the Central. The I think the Central is just going to beat itself up, and so whoever comes out of the Pacific, I think that could it could be the time where they've worn down enough by the time the conference finals come around that you're in good shape. That actually leads to a really interesting thought here, Sean. Is Brian writes in? Is this year seem better than the 15-16 Stars team? Um, I have thoughts on this. I always have thoughts. They are better defensively as a team and a group of forwards. They are better as a goaltending tandem uh, than they were two years ago. They are not as good offensively. The 15-16 the Stars led the league in goals. They had a very dangerous power play. Not that the Stars don't, but they could outscore a lot of problems. And they were... So this is a fun team to watch, the Stars now. But they are a... They may be better built for playoff hockey than the 15-16 team. The 15-16 team nearly made the conference finals. They were one game away from doing that. And I really liked their chances against San Jose, and I really thought they would have matched up very well against the Penguins two years ago with their speed. So you could sit there and go, wow, Stars could have won the Stanley Cup that year if they could have gotten by the Blues in that game seven at home, which we all thought was a really good chance. It's a different team. I wish that team would have won it all because it was unbridled offense. Everything is go, throw everybody. It's fun hockey. It's a little risky and loose defensively, but fun. And if they win and more teams go, well, we got to play like they do because that one, copycat league is what it is, then more, you're going to see more wide open 7-6 games like the Islanders did tonight against Detroit. Did you see what caused that? No. That game? No, I did not. I just saw the score. Um, so in that game, the Islanders won seven to six tonight, right? Okay. They were up. They were down. They were so they were down three six, nothing. Well, they were. Detroit had a three nothing lead, I believe. Yeah, but it's in the third period. It's six to two. And it's six to two, and um, not quite five to two. Well, there. Either either way. Right, there was a back and forth. Islanders scored four goals on a major power play. Oh, it was a major, huh? Four goals on a major power play to um, to Bertuzzi. Tyler Bertuzzi. Tyler Bertuzzi. Where he does he does slash Cal Clutterbuck, but Cal Clutterbuck um, gets slashed right here and 
dives. When you say right here, remember this is an audio. Podcast. Oh, you're right. I, I'm motioning right around my right, <laughs> right around my knee. Slashed right above the knee on right, the thigh right, right or a, on the knee. Right around the knee area. Okay. But he drops. Both gloves go up in the air. So he really sells it. He sells it. He gets nothing out of it. And he also caused Oscar he, winner. Oscar winner. You don't winner. think it Oscar, was a, a painful slash? Oscar winner for sure. And on top of that, he um, the play starts. Did he return? Was he okay to continue? Oh yes, he returned. He was ready one shift later. Um, and on top of that, he had um, the reason that Bertuzzi slashed him is he kind of gets kind of a little bit of a stick interfere. There's an interference call on Bertuzzi that's on uh, on Clutterbucks that's missed before. Okay. And so the Islanders score four goals on that major power play. Oh. Um, and then gave it away in the final minute as Mike Green for Detroit tied it. And then yes. Brock Nelson scored his hat trick yeah. in overtime. Yes. Mm-hmm. So what do you think? Uh, 15, 16 stars versus the 17, 18 stars. I think the the team we're watching right now wins the series. Wins the series between the two. But um, they could get blown out of the building in a couple. I mean, stars yeah. do really well now of defending more. They don't give a lot, a lot of odd man rushes. The goaltending is better. They uh, are really compact as a team. They can hold leads. The, but if they get running around against that other Stars team, boy, watch out. They, the, it, it would really be a fun battle between the high-flying offense of two years ago and the real structured team play, game that of, of now. Yeah, but I, I think to answer the question, I think this year's team would win a seven-game series. Which is why team. Hitch plays this style. Yes. It's more effective and in it's the long why game. Hitch, it's why it's he, also lower risk. It's why Hitch played that style two years ago when he beat this team with That's Sanders. right. Yep, this was them. So, um, One follow-up from Rockstar who had asked about Jamie Lexiak said... Uh, just leaving the parking lot, parking garage at the AAC, but now home, don't text and drive, kids. Uh, says, Alexiak looks like everything that we were hoping, and I'm not sure if it's because he's playing more than a couple of games in a row, or that Sergey Gonchar and Crosby are magicians, or that our defensive system just wasn't working for him tonight. I noticed Hetherington staying right on him, shutting him down more than he has been lately. Good for us, bad for him. Uh, anyway... I think it's working out for him, and I wish him the best. Right. I mean, we, we, we still like Jamie Alexiak and want him to succeed, but I didn't think – I mean, well, we talked about this enough. I, I don't think that he's uh, – I, I see subtleties maybe that will help, but I still see some holes there. And I was waiting for the um, – the mistake that we saw a lot to go along. I mean, there were good things that he did, but there also here, here's mistakes. The, here, here's the thing, and I'll and end this on Jamie Alexiak. Here's the thing. Here, Jamie Alexiak was Jamie Alexiak first-round pick. He had to be Jamie Alexiak first-round pick, and that comes with expectation. In Pittsburgh, he's Jamie Alexiak. We got this guy for a fourth-rounder. That And that is a, that is a, that is a big... There's a big distinction between the two. There's no pressure on that. There's no, this was, hey, we're just taking a shot in the dark. Let's, let's see. And what if we it doesn't do. work out for the Penguins, they're not out yeah. a lot. So that that's the biggest thing. It's it's not, he's no longer Jamie Alexiak first round pick. He's Jamie Alexiak, a guy who got traded for a mid round pick. And you know what? When it's Jamie Alexiak, guy who got traded for a mid round pick, he's not that bad. Yeah. So. Yep. I'll give him that. Everyone, uh, 
Thank you for listening. The stars return on a... We'll have a, uh, I guess, a, a dinnertime car cast, roughly. Yeah, it'll be a afternoon matinee with the uh, 6... 37 o'clock drive home, maybe? Roughly, yeah. Depending on how long that game goes. Maybe no shootout on a Sunday. That'd be nice. Would be. So we'll see how that goes, and uh, we'll see how this uh, these new uh, audio mics play out, and hopefully the sound's a little better. Everyone uh, have a good night.